Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And we're, we're both, both in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Whoa! What? This is like... Okay, so we've done this podcast for quite some time, and this is the first time we've ever done it in person. Mm-hmm. Together. Officially. And I gotta say, I don't even want to look at you. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Because usually I'm like doing all sorts of shit. While mm-hmm. we, I'm like petting cats. Yeah. And Very I'm like looking out the window... Uh, reading stuff on my laptop, like me like too. Notes, lots yeah. of times. So yeah, looking up things and pretending that I already looked them up before we did the podcast, that yeah. kind of thing. But here we are drinking diet cokes in yeah. person. And Hooray! It's like, uh, yeah, clank. Cheers. All right, I'm gonna take it. A... <laughs> oh, that went down really hard. Oh, no. <laughs> oh god, I like swallowed it as like a whole bubble. No, <laughs> Luke. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. So this is a very important episode, mm-hmm. and it is January still, and so. Fact of the matter is, we have to do a top 10. Absolutely. We did it last year. It was fun. It's going to be even better this year because I think there's just, I think this year was a better year for movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a million movies that could have like like been put in my top 10 comfortably mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have like felt any different. Uh, I did not feel the same last year. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of like surprise, like I had to really get down to it and be like, is this worth it? How am I judging these movies? Am I saying this is what I consider to be the best of the year, which I don't think I'm in a position to ever say that. Mm-hmm. Or is this my, the top 10 movies that I personally like enjoyed and liked the most. And I, mm-hmm. and I went with it that way. I went the latter. I did it very much the same way because uh, when I really was thinking about it, I wanted the, the films that really excited me in 2019 may not be all like some of them. I do think are the quote unquote right answers critically, but some of them aren't. And I think that's kind of fun and you got to stay true to your school and true to yourself. And stay. <laughs> thank you and uh share that we enjoyed those movies as well even if they might if they're not getting as much love from other top 10 lists i couldn't agree more uh so from sunny los angeles from northern hollywood mm-hmm. in katie's apartment mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my first time here this is awesome Yay! um shall we dig into our top 10 of 2019 let's do it Right. Shall you go first? Yeah. Gonna okay. go from 10 to 1? Yes. Okay. And we'll just go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Rapid fire. Rapid Not fire. We'll, we'll do our best. Decently rapid. We're passionate um, folks. Okay. Number 10. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, I, had, I had to go. You could call this a legacy pick mm-hmm. if you want to, but it had to, it had to make my top 10. If Kevin Smith makes a movie... It's hard to uh, to to not put that in there and, mm-hmm. and, and have something to say about it. I uh, I love this movie, mm-hmm. um, and the experience of seeing it, uh, him taking it on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the 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 reboot road show, and he went to the music box in Chicago. Oh, cool! And I went with like Jake, mm-hmm. uh, friend of the pod, uh, as well as my wonderful former boss at the New Four Hundred, Hillary, mm-hmm. and we got to we got to watch him and Jay do a Q and A like intro, uh, show the movie. Uh, do a, a really nice Q&A at the end. Um, and it was just kind of like a worship session <laughs> where like everybody's like, fuck, it's so nice that Kevin Smith is still alive. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what it is? Yeah. And it's like, is this, in, is this like Kevin's like best, like edgiest, rawest movie? No, but it, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, like it's, it's very much in a year of like, Rise of Skywalker is that kind of movie mm-hmm. where you're like buttoning up like a trilogy and giving answers to old questions and mm-hmm. uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, all like uh, they did Crisis on TV and I'm going to talk about that even though it's not <laughs> uh, even though it's not movie. Please do. Um, yeah. But 
it's 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 bringing all these characters together for like a, another you know potentially not not necessarily last hurrah but maybe all of them like Affleck. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see Holden fucking McNeil, uh, Joey Lauren Adams rep- reprises as uh, uh, Alyssa Jones. Uh, you get like everybody. It, it's just like it's nice. It's mm-hmm. really nice. So um, as a fan of the of the Ask Universe, seeing it live again. Uh, and and the experience of getting to see him in person uh, and present it, and the fact that like, hey, p- thank you for not dying, man, because mm-hmm. yeah. we need these characters, and I need Jay and Silent Bob until like I'm old and gray. Yeah, uh, for sure. So had to make my top ten. Um, That's fantastic. I haven't uh, heard of it being distributed yet. I saw that it was reviewed in Variety, but I haven't like I don't know if it's in theaters or how it's going to be released, and I honestly kind of forgot about it just because it hadn't it didn't get a lot of press it's kind of cool he did it like kind of like indie again yeah like yeah. he found the funding and like don't get me wrong like you know like th- they put together the flick in a you know but it was it was it was indie it, mm-hmm. and, and and the way he took it on the road is really cool like he had the copy of the movie mm-hmm. and then he would also do fathom he did a fathom event and then he would have a copy of the flick that he would show in whatever city. And so, like when he came to Chicago, mm-hmm. then that weekend he would put it in the, like the the suburbs, the Chicago suburbs theaters and stuff. And then, like when he'd go to like every city, mm-hmm. it would go to that uh, theater for to that city. You know what I mean? Okay. So like it would only to make it exclusive for the people mm-hmm. that were you know paying the the good money yeah. <laughs> to go see it at the road show because it was mm-hmm. good money. Uh, Jake S. Weissman paid for my ticket. Uh, oh, thank you, Jake. Because I I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. No, uh, uh, I'm poor. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it was awesome. It, it was it was it was nice to have it there. So number ten, Jan Sambab reboot. Oh, I'm so glad to hear. So I'm gonna mosey on over to my please number ten, which is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> this was in my top ten, and I took it out uh, like a like a slut. <laughs> uh, this movie rocks. Go ahead. I had to keep it in. I couldn't not keep it in. I, uh, I it's maybe the most fun I had in a movie theater in 2019. Um, I be having been a fan of the Pokemon franchise since uh, like being five. Of course, you're going to be very skeptical when a movie like this comes out because there hasn't been a very positive history of video game movies. And um, Super I, Mario Bros. Yeah, and <laughs> I I really thought that they knocked this one out of the park. Yeah. The uh, the Pokemon for the most part looked fantastic. Mr. Mime was only creepy because he was meant to look creepy. He looked good. Pikachu was just adorable. Oh my god. And there there's a lot of weird beats in there, but nothing, but like. For one thing, if you've seen Pokemon the first movie, this was basically like a remix of Pokemon the first movie, which was so weird to see in my mid-20s, yeah. mid to late 20s. And it's just, it, it felt like very sweet and like a, a true love letter to the fans. And I liked our uh, cynical 21-year-old protagonist. I liked uh, Daddy Chew. I loved Daddy Chew. Maybe my favorite, Weird. most ridiculous <laughs> twist of a movie of all time. I thought it was too dumb. I honestly thought it was too dumb to be <laughs> what it was, which of course is that the main character's dad who's gone missing was his whole person is in a Pikachu who he's been palling around with the whole movie. And my joke when the movie was over was the real dads were the, or the real friends were the dads we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and when Ryan Reynolds comes out at the end of the movie, it's a and magic he's, trick. He's clearly too young to be that kid's father, and they just put a little bit of gray in his hair, and yeah. it's like, "Hi, son." I laughed so hard. This movie, and and the thing about it is that the, I 
I never got the feeling that the movie didn't know what it was. I always felt that it knew it was as batshit as it wanted to be. And I felt like I was in good hands the whole time. And I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and enjoy the ride. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. It does that. It does the magic trick where I'm like, even where I'm like, I don't know how I feel. That's a weird twist. But then it's like, no, dude, you don't understand. It was like a Mewtwo experiment. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they said the Kanto region. Mm-hmm. <gasps> This is like Pokemon's first movie. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay, this movie is the best movie I've ever seen. I can't believe I didn't put it in my top ten. I feel like a piece of fucking shit <laughs> because it rocked. God oh, damn. That movie, so that movie ripped. Good call. Yeah, thank you. Number nine? Number nine. Number nine. Uh, number nine. Uh, Greta. Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> so uh, I, I struggled uh, this year because... I've really decided to to branch out more into mm-hmm. genre, different genres that I'm not usually comfortable with. Uh, I never fucked with horror or like any sort of like, you know, comedy horror. Like you know, it was it was hard to to get into it because uh, I was easily scared. But uh, kind of knowing how the sausage is made and stuff, mm-hmm. like and like like you know, having like studied film like we did and like mm-hmm. getting to like work in it and stuff, I'm like, I know where the camera is. So mm-hmm. like, I'm not super scared anymore now i can kind of just watch it and be interested mm-hmm. um which is nice and i'm also like not as afraid of getting like stabbed in the chest as i once was maybe mm-hmm. maybe that means i'll get stabbed in the chest because i wasn't i wasn't expecting it or wasn't ready i hope not um but this movie did a did a lot where i think i think chloe grace i, I never know how to say it chloe, Mortez? more i think but it's spelled like R-E-T-Z, isn't it? Oh, but that's okay. what I always hear people say more oh, okay. I don't know. But Chloe, mm-hmm. fucking incredible. Um, I mean, she's been crushing roles since she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, you know, amazing in everything she does. I, lo- I remember seeing Hugo uh, when I was, like, an undergrad and being like, whoa, she's a really talented actress. And she's mm-hmm. continued to, like, just kill it, I feel like. Um, and Greta was another another instance of that. It was, it was a really creepy, like, stalker movie. Absolutely. Um, but I had a hard time deciding how many of those I can, how many creepy, weird ass movies can I put in my top 10 this year? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many I loved that I didn't put in. But it's like, as we go on, you're going to be like, well, fuck, that's like four or five weird ass movies. Mm-hmm. Like, The Joker didn't make my top 10. Mm-hmm. And that's a weird ass, like, bloody, creepy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just all of those. And I think Greta did, uh, went under the radar uh, unfairly. Um, because it was sort of released early in the year, kind of like us as well, where us oh, yeah. didn't like people are kind of forgetting about it. I also didn't put us in my top 10 some piece of shit. Um, my whole thing with that is that I didn't love us as a whole, but I thought, uh, Lupita, Lupita Nuango, so I, I thought that she, she should have been nominated yeah, for I, I best actress. More. I couldn't but... agree more. I think the screenplay, did the screenplay get nominated? No. That's bullshit. I don't think it got nominated it was for anything. a fucking excellent screenplay. Mm. Like he is such a amazing writer i mm-hmm. thought it was tighter than get out in terms of like uh mm-hmm. clippiness i think get out would have like maybe a, a, a more depth mm-hmm. t- a touch but i think there's layers to to us that people didn't explore and it was hard not to put that in my time because that, that's in there as well where mm-hmm. all these weird ass movies which one will i go with and greta just pleased me the most uh in that um i got to see i got to see the character really get like put on the on the brink like in a coffin and shit yeah yeah and like hidden in a wall and like seeing that character get out and fucking like like she like oh when she like chopped off her fingers yeah and shit. like this is a this is no like damsel Mm-mm. and even when she's getting like bested by uh 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 greta herself yeah like 
she's still like fighting back to like all the way to the end and then eventually like wins and it's just like i don't know it, it's just this really interesting portrait of uh what it feels like to be young and trying to start out in a new city mm-hmm. and then like if you're not from the city you'll you'll be kind to people and you shouldn't always be you shouldn't always do that it's a weird lesson it's like you can't always just like reach out and do nice people and if it, even if it's this nice old white lady it doesn't mean she's not gonna like put you in a coffin and inject you with weird fucking like poison and like try to kill you and shit this movie really goes off the rails and it, i have to tell you it is not something i would have gone to see had you not recommended it and I watched it with my girlfriend, and the whole time we were just losing our minds out of how this movie just spins out of control. Oh, yeah. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a delight to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a real, like, you know, dip into madness for both characters. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing, seeing a really cool descent. I think it's shot really well. Um, and I think that it's, it's just a really dope flick that if i didn't put it in my top 10 who will because i didn't Mm -hmm. see it and i needed it there yeah uh because i need to be talking about it absolutely i get that completely number nine greta okay so my number nine is also something i didn't see on any top 10 lists which was blinded by the light oh okay i didn't see it i remember you you preached you preached i did you waxed i did uh poetic about it here on the on the podcast and i and i didn't i still didn't see it that's nobody saw it nobody saw it it uh what I, I can't, I cried the whole time, like from start to finish. I was originally, and I knew that was going to happen. And my original plan for seeing this movie is I know when I'm going to just weep openly in a theater, I like to get two theater wines and just weep silently to myself. And with theater this one, wines? theater wines, like you bring your own theater wines, column A or column B. Like it depends. It depends what the mood Unless is. The theater has wine. Either buy it from the theater okay. or bring in theater wine. Okay. Good. And uh, not like whole bottles, but you know, well, like the the little glasses. I'm not judging. Or the plastic glasses. I'm not your sponsor. <laughs> so uh, I was gonna like have a have a couple drinks and just weep, and I didn't need them. I uh, I the the movie is so nakedly sincere about what it is to be this vulnerable person during this time where you are trying to find yourself and it seems like your home life doesn't accept you really you're loved but you're not really accepted and the community around you doesn't quite know what to do with you and what i also love about it is that there are really embarrassing moments in this movie because really it's about this kid who's just a big bruce springsteen fan and there are points where he's a, an embarrassing teenager about it, like as everyone is when they're when they're really passionate and young. I know the feeling. And th- th- he says some cringy things, but they didn't make me feel cringed out in the sense that like, oh no, like like uh, it, it felt like the movie knew what it was. And he also has like this fantasy sequence sent to Bruce Springsteen, which was also kind of embarrassing. But I still cried during it because it so encapsulated that feeling of loving something so much that it's just in your brain all the time. And I just thought it was very sweet. And I felt really connected to, I, I should have written down the, the name of the gentleman who wrote it, but he, there's an end scene, like there's like a, where are they now or based on the real people and you get to see them. And uh, he talks about how uh, the movie is about him trying to see Bruce Springsteen in concert, or at least that's part of it. And he talks about, in the end, how he's seen Bruce Springsteen like over 300 times in concert or something like that. 
and you get to see like the the character that um, three hundred times. It, it's ridiculous. Jesus yeah. Christ. He's a he's a super fan. And it's a lot of money for Bruce. Yeah, a lot of money for Bruce. I say as I as I as I go buy all my Jay and Silent Bob merch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's also uh, in the context of the movie, they kind of paint it like people don't care about Bruce Springsteen anymore. So the 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 main characters kind of coming at it at the at the tail end of the height of the Bruce Springsteen fan like fandom, and I just. It's so underdog and sweet, and there's dad stuff, which always destroys me. And I just, I just really loved it. And I wouldn't have been true to myself if I didn't put put it on my top ten. Fair. So number nine, Blinded by the Light. Well put, well said. I, I, I need to see it. It came out in the same summer. There was a lot of like weird, like market confusion. I feel like this year, everyone thought it was yesterday. I know, and yeah. I had just seen yesterday. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Blinded by the Light, I didn't know it was like yesterday wasn't based on. Well, I feel like. I'm uh, yesterday wasn't based on a true story. This was blinded by the light. Was a true story. Yes, it, so, it, it was based mostly. on a true story. They yeah. had like yeah, you know, so like yeah, it kind of got. I feel like it's whatever came first. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, uh, mm, did you see yesterday? I did see yesterday. We talked about it. Yeah. And you like blinded by the light more? Oh yeah, way way more. Yeah, yesterday didn't make my top. It was good. Mm-hmm. It didn't make my top ten. Oh, fair enough. All right, uh, number eight, the kid. Uh, directed by Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. I've also talked about it on here. Uh, Dane DeHaan is Billy the Kid. Uh, Ethan Ethan Hawke is a, is a law dog. Uh, Chris Chris Pratt is this weird, scary, murdery uncle chasing after these kids, um, and they you know fall into the hands of Billy the Kid, and then with Ethan Hawke, and mm-hmm. it's just this fucking classy, classy western, harkening back to to you know the the olden days of cinema. Um, Beautifully done, beautifully mm-hmm. shot, incredibly acted. I mean, Dane DeHaan is my boy, uh, but career best potentially. I mean, mm-hmm. like he was—I don't know—like every he he puts out a lot of career bests, um, in my opinion. I think he's fucking great in Chronicle. I think he's great in Life with Pattinson. I think he's amazing in this. The uh, I think he's good in Spider Man. You know me. Mm-hmm. Um, he kicks ass. Everybody kicks ass. And Vincent D'Onofrio, hell of a director. Um, it's interesting to see what he's putting out behind the, the camera. And it's a weird, like, sort of Magnificent Seven reunion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's another Western with Chris Pratt returning, D'Onofrio returning, Ethan Hawke returning. Uh, so, kind of cool. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So, number eight, The Kid. Okay. Well, going on down. My number eight is Jojo Rabbit. It's what a naive young boy in Nazi Germany who's told to respect this twisted figure thinks Hitler is like. Okay. And he's a lonely person who believes, who's kind of missing a father figure in his life and is kind of projecting his want for a father figure on Hitler. And so his imagination of Hitler is of a playmate rather than the awful monster that he is. Gotcha. And as the film progresses, when he begins to, when he, he bonds with a Jewish girl, and then he begins to understand the, the true monstrosity of Hitler's Germany, and he's appalled. And as that happens, the the caricature of Hitler, played by Taika Waititi, becomes more obviously monstrous. And near the end of the film, he just kicks Adolf Hitler out a fucking window. And it's so cathartic. Okay. Because he finally understands what's been going on around him. And it's it's nice to see him have this character, character journey. 
And the people around him, like the women around him, especially um, Scarlet, Scarlet, his his mother, and uh, the the Jewish girl that he bonds with. Not so much. There is a Rebel Wilson character who is a she's a, in it. Yeah, really. Yeah, she plays a, a a comedic Nazi teacher. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure she kills it. But aside from like the, the the two main women in his life, his mother and uh, this girl that he bonds with. They kind of already know, they're already there in that journey. They know that how horrible things are in Germany. And they help him grow and come to an understanding of the world around him and also himself. And the the costuming is amazing. A lot of the jokes really land. And uh, n- the, the Jewish girl doesn't put up with his Nazi, like, malarkey. She's not having it. And um, what I thought that this movie did really deftly is that it lulls you into thinking that it's just going to be a safe satire. Like, you kind of almost forget about the danger. And then they set it up very subtly what's going to happen. And when it when the climax finally happens, it hits you like a gut punch. Wow. And you have to deal with the tragedy of it. And... Spoil it. <laughs> spoil it? Spoil it. So, you see uh, JoJo's mother's shoes... There's a scene where they walk together and she's kind of on a ledge and he's on the ground and you see her shoes walk by and there's a lot of focus on the shoes and you're not entirely sure why. And then there's another scene where you see people hanged in the the town square and he is getting in the town square at some point to go look for something. I don't remember the details and he comes across a pair of shoes hanging in the air Uh, and they're his mother's. Oh my God. You don't see, if I recall, you don't see her. But the but look on his dead. face, yeah, she got Holy caught shit. for anti-Nazi activity. Oh, fuck. And so it's the reality of it comes crashing down on the viewer. And and I, th- I thought it was masterful. And I remember Taron Edgerton at the Golden Globes called out this kid's performance mm-hmm. and said how great it oh, was. Oh, it's fantastic. And uh, so I was like, oh, well, Taron Edgerton said it. Like, that, mm-hmm. that really got me like, this movie must rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, cool. All right. I, I need to check it out. I think, I, think my, I think my fiance would love to watch it as well. Lovely. Number eight, Jojo Rabbit. Number seven, Honey Boy. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm your cheerleader, Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie's pretty fucked up uh, in a lot of ways. It's a really tough father-son movie. Mm. Um, not Probably not in the way Blinded by the Light is. Uh, no, blinded yeah. by the light is way lighter. <laughs> There's uh, that scene where he's like, "I believe I'm proud of you, son," and, that, and yeah. that's always my big moment uh, in all those yeah. movies where I'm like, eh. "Yeah, there was not one of those in not this." Not really. Every time there almost was one, they really pulled the rug out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think uh, first and foremost, I love the screenplay mm-hmm. by Shia LaBeouf. While it is certainly um, somewhat master- masturbatory, what 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 movie isn't like in terms of like what movie, especially movies like based on like your own person, like personal shit. Like I thought it was less masturbatory and more like a therapy session. Totally. And that's because that's where it came from. Right. Absolutely. It's like he wrote it in rehab. It felt like he was kind of flaying himself for a lot of the movie, like really holding himself accountable. And I think that's, that's really what won me over with it. And it comes off it dually uh, in his performance of of the shit character uh, based on his dad. Mm-hmm. Where like, so like, not only that, but like you also, as, a, as an audience, you get to hate Shia. Mm-hmm. Kind of. He's like, hey, if you, thought of, if you thought I was an asshole all these years, I get it. He's saying that through the script and through like, you know, Lucas Hedges, mm-hmm. uh, like, and stuff like that. 
but it is also saying that with his portrayal of his own dad. It's like it's like this big like cyclical therapy session. So number seven, Honey Boy. Mm. So my number seven, incidentally, is Little Women. Little Women rocked. I yeah. just didn't put it on there. Yeah. So I um. My mom apparently did read me this book a couple of times when I was really little, but I retained none of it. So everything that happened in this movie was a real surprise. Same. And I thought the script was incredible. I thought the acting was incredible. Uh, Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet continue to have ridiculous chemistry. And I, I the, the fact that they remain friends... is I know that that's true of the original book, but I, I really like that because you, you rarely see that where it's... You know, somebody breaks someone else's heart, but they're still able to coexist and appreciate each other. And even though there is still some pain that Timothy Chalamet marries her sister, nice. like it, they eventually do come to a nice ground and are able to respect each other. And Florence Pugh, who just was incredible in Midsummer, comes back here. She, I didn't see Midsummer, amazing work. and she rocked in this. Oh, and, I, and when ta- Taylor, I would recommend it. Told me after, I can't do it. I, I have every <laughs> detail of that plot yeah. uh, spoiled to me, and I was like. I think that's the line. Mm-hmm. I think that's the line for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do that movie. <laughs> no sacrifices, please. Um, I'm okay. Um, but she was amazing. Everybody's amazing. Everybody's uh, Emma amazing. Watson's amazing. Yeah, like, Emma every, Watson's great. Uh, Laura Dern was amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I mean, fantastic. Yeah. Um, when, when she says that she's angry all the time, I was like, girl, same. Duh. Like, I I thought that was great. Um, th- th- there's just a lot of heart and respect in this movie and I, th- I thought it was really sweet it was funny as hell it was it was like, so funny I, I, I've never okay so here's the thing I um never read any iteration or saw any iteration mm-hmm. so uh, this was all new to me as well um but I thought she was really thrown in some comedy beats like mm-hmm. really good it reminded me sort of of like the Coen's true grit I don't know I think I think that I just have a hard time understanding it like the, from the historical perspective or I get confused. Um, no, I think I'm just a dumb guy. <laughs> no, I, if I'm being honest, I think I'm just like a dumb dude. And like this, uh, and while I, 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 you know, I'm, you know what? I'm probably gonna cut all this. This sounds stupid, but little women rocked. <laughs> no, all right. So, uh, number seven, little women. Yeah. I Good. mean, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. I feel like a dumbass talking about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I think that that's actually very, um, introspective i think that you're being very introspective about it and honest and i really appreciate that yeah i don't think it sounds dumb at all well, there's certain films that i don't understand i don't understand the fast and furious franchise that's fa- and that's testosterone it's kind of yeah. gay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh it's like so it's so manly that it's a little like homoerotic. it crosses over yeah, yeah. speaking of uh got the lighthouse coming up not on this not this spot mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a gay movie <laughs> uh, it was very gay oh never mind we got one uh, number six, Rocket Man. Ooh. Uh, so we're yeah. there. We're okay. We're we got a gay one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought this movie, um, the old, the biggest disservice done in the history of this film's release is that Bohemian Rhapsody came out the year before. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's bullshit because, you know, no shit to Bohemian Rhapsody. It is what it is, and uh, I think that. I think Rami Malek uh, did a good job. Uh, I mean, an amazing job as Freddie Mercury. I think there's a lot uh, of awesome stuff in that movie, but I didn't think, 
I didn't think it had like half the heart that Rocket Man has. Absolutely. I didn't think I think Rocket Man had way more of a like a uh, like a specific flavor in mind, mm-hmm. a specific uh, structure. It was like more of like a musical. Oh like, yeah, for and, sure. And it just like really like the the music was organically worked in. Uh, they made it really surreal, mm-hmm. which was like a fucking awesome artistic choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Taron, you know what I mean? He's like, ridiculous. Like, He's... are you kidding? Uh, like, I'm I'm sad he didn't get nominated either. He won the Globe a... and then not get nominated. I don't know. It's, it's okay. everything's so different now. I, and it's like, and again, no shit to mm-hmm. Rami Malek. Like, yeah, good for him for winning the there Oscar. There could be two great but performances. It's so hard. To look at him winning the Oscar and then look at Taron not even get nominated, it's mm-hmm. he's really singing too, yeah, and crushing it. Like and all like they sound like he looks pretty close, he sounds pretty close, but it's a situation of like walk the line mm-hmm. where like you also end up appreciating Joaquin Phoenix's takes on all the Johnny Cash songs mm-hmm. as well, even though they're different. And it's like, I mean, we have the privilege of them do- doing a duet in this mm-hmm. uh, in the credits, Elton and Taron, like. It was just an excellent, excellent movie. And I thought uh, it knew when to get in and get out, too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overly long. Um, and it was pretty honest about a lot of things. Uh, really honest, um, it felt like. So I was just such a big fan. And I think there's a benefit of Elton John being around to still like help make that movie happen. Yeah, Whereas absolutely. if Freddie Mercury were still around, I think we would have got a much different, like, you know, edgier movie as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It is what it is. It, it's but it's hard. It's hard to not talk about one and not talk about the other. Absolutely, they're like so synonymous with each other, in my opinion. And, and I think you had the director too, right? Yeah. The director finished up mm-hmm. Bo Rap. And this was another uh, case about um, based on a real person, where the person that it's about really made an effort to hold himself accountable and uh, admit his faults and be honest. And I think that's very admirable. It didn't feel like a puff piece. No, I agree, mm-hmm. and I think they went for I think they went for the sex stuff way mm-hmm. harder than Bohemian Rhapsody did. Good, yeah, that's I what they, I say about like, that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think they really went for it. Mm-hmm. Like it was a lot of like insinuation, like mm-hmm. in Bo Rap, which like it, it's fine, but like I'm so sick of the solidarity, like the 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 non solidarity and like and like male sex scenes as opposed to like female. It's like and the. T- this is a topic for a different podcast, but like, if we can have blue as the warmest color, let me see Taryn Edgerton blow the, this dude. That is the dumbest sex scene I've ever seen in my whole goddamn life. <laughs> I I'm still furious about it years later. I hate that film with every inch of my body. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, uh, number six, Rocket Man. Okay. Speaking of lesbians, number six, Booksmart. Booksmart is so funny. Like like. It, and it's it's also I'm glad that we're living in this era and uh, I got I'm, I'm gonna bring it up again. Blockers was also really great with its uh, teenage lesbian representation with that nerdy lesbian teenager and this one had a different kind of lesbian nerdy teenager which is more academic than like Lord of the Rings, and I just really appreciate that we're we're branching out that her relate it, like it, it many people can't help but compare it to super bad because you know beanie feldstein is uh jonah hill's sister it's an all-in-one night senior year movie yeah, yeah. too like there's and, it's there yeah yeah no no no. i, I completely agree and i think that it, it's a apt comparison really but i i do think that this movie totally stands on its own okay. it uh th- there's a couple of things about it that give me serious pause the uh the, the teacher having an affair with a student i thought was super weird and unnecessary well he was he was old enough was he? He said he was. Wasn't he the held back one? He maybe, was like 20? Maybe. It still felt weird. He got the job at Amazon. They got yeah. pretty nice bennies. Yeah. If I remember the line correctly. <laughs> yeah, I, um... He was like 40. Look at him. 
<laughs> it still felt weird. Like the way it was no, written it was, felt it was weird. weird. But like so many other things in that movie really like knocked knocked it out of the park. I honestly thought that the um the the lesbian character, I thought for sure uh she was gonna end up with uh Billy um gosh, Gigi. Gigi in the movie. I, I thought they were actually gonna happen and I was like, oh man. Which two? Uh, uh, the, the main lesbian girl, Amy, I believe. Mm. Amy and, uh, Gigi, the rich girl the... that's, like, super out of her mind. Okay. That's played by Carrie Fisher's daughter. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. So, I, I thought that was gonna happen, and then they, then they totally pulled it out of the yeah, rug for me, did. and it ended up being, like, the, the girl bully. Yeah. And I thought that, talk about your, your lesbian sexy, and that, that felt so real, just fumbling and Is trying to figure it floor? out. Like, yeah. Did she bite her or some shit? Or, it, like... <laughs> She she puts a finger in the wrong hole. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> that girl was in Ma this year too. Oh yeah, yeah, she was yeah, good. Yeah. In Ma. The, this is a good year for her. Yeah, yeah, good for her. So I I thought, but but mostly it's all about the relationship between the, gir- the girls Amy and Molly and how they just they they thought they were uh, superior to everyone and then they find out that they weren't at all and that everybody else was having fun and they could have been having fun this whole time but they because they thought they were better they never gave it a chance and i thought that that was a really good message like you can have it both ways you can be smart work really hard and still have like a social life and i thought the acceptance of that and that we're kind of moving on in our teen movies from being like you can only be one thing is really nice and I just—is it true though? It was, yeah. I, is it true though? Like yeah. I think it'd be so hard to get straight A's and have fun. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't do it. I had fun. Well, I not. couldn't, but I wasn't very smart. Oh, maybe like, that's what it is. I'm not very smart. These girls are like, super smart. I, I tried really hard to get good grades, and I still had to take like tutoring, and I barely passed yeah, I chemistry. Kinda su- I kind of suck. I wasn't very good at school, but <laughs> that's why we're I, podcasting. Yeah, that's why we're podcasting. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I just thought that, that the script was really tight. A lot of the jokes really landed. It was hysterical. I'm I'm happy for Olivia Wilde. I thought she she did a great ass. job in the direction. That weird scene where they're dolls I thought was really funny and they're having the drug trip. They went for it. There's a lot of like fun side characters and just wacky adventures. And I just, I do think it's, I just had so much fun with it. And I it, it felt... It's it's heightened for sure, but there are beats in it that felt that still felt very grounded in reality, including the very solid female friendship. Yeah. And for that, uh, number six, Booksmart. Yeah, I rocked, man. I saw that in the theater in Evanston, and it was like packed, packed. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was like a weeknight. So I I hope it I hope it was like that everywhere because mm-hmm. that movie kicked ass. So number five, The Farewell. Mm. Um, The Farewell. I mean, it's on everybody's list mm-hmm. uh, except for the the Oscars, mm-hmm. right? Did it get a best director no, nothing okay not a thing good call mm. not a best screenplay no unfucking real mm-hmm. yeah this is a uh, not only one of the best movies of the year but i think uh now that i'm finally getting into my a24 section of my list <laughs> um these guys are, are are putting out movies that you know like fuck it if they're not getting oscar noms because these are these movies are going to last like a decade mm-hmm. or more like i think people can like come across an a24 like most of their catalog in my opinion uh, even ones that go under the radar way more than these ones. You're going to find a, a, a gem. And then... Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. Uh, don't worry. Um, Good. Uh, but I, I think that like The Farewell is is excellent. It's sad. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a foray into uh, putting other cultures in the mainstream that uh, mo- most people that grew up like me, I can't speak for you, but if you grew up like me in like, rural 
Fucking you can mid- speak for me. Okay. Yeah. Rural Midwest and shit. Like I have no, I have, I have very like, like little experience outside of like my own, like Anglo white hive. So mm-hmm. to see movies like this portrayed, uh, um, and, and stories where they don't, I don't feel like they were babying me mm. in the farewell. I think they were like, you're going to figure it out. And they like very much let the viewer become like part of it. It was a very personal story that extended to everybody because family like transcends all of those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I just thought it was so uh, poignant and well done. And uh, I spe- you saw it, right? Oh, yeah, it of on course. It's probably on your list. It is on my list. Good. And I, the, <laughs> the big like the thing, I think it could have ended even a touch earlier. I'm surprised that like the thing I like. I liked and didn't like is the reveal after the the, the, the narrative is done that the real life like grandmother mm-hmm. is uh is still alive mm-hmm. and I'm like amazing thrilled for that but I thought the movie was like that last wave and stuff yeah she's really like like I, again mm-hmm. in the narrative thrilled she's alive in real life mm-hmm. but that's like if I had one thing I think it just hits a billion times harder yeah but maybe it hit so hard maybe they tested it or something and it hit so hard that they're like no no she's still alive yeah because that is like one of the most brutal fucking things i've seen in cinema mm-hmm. that last wave yeah oh my god it's horrible it's so horrible that <laughs> oh god that movie's so good it and, is you know what i really love about that movie that? is that that family felt like a family oh god do you it, know how many movies that we watch where we're told that a group of people or a family and they just don't feel like one. They don't feel like it. They Mm-mm. all like, don't like, uh, they don't like even like this family, like felt like they legitimately like loved each other. Absolutely. Like, it's like, it's not even like a lot. It's not even like a lot of like my family where people don't like, if we get big gatherings, like people like sections don't even interact. Cause that wasn't like that. Mm-mm. Like Aquafina goes to, to, to the home country and like everybody is like back to like, it's just such a nice rhythm. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aquafina, like, oh, what the fuck? She was so good. Like, what kind of like, what kind of last few years is she having? Like, mm-hmm. this is like, did she make a deal with the devil? <laughs> she's incredible. Like, she's absolutely incredible. And now she's on all the billboards for the Comedy Central show. Mm-hmm. Nora from Queens. Mm-hmm. Want to watch the shit out of it? It already is uh, greenlit for a second season. Of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, new uh, re- replace Broad City for me. Give me something to live for mm-hmm. on TV on Comedy Central. Um, excellent film, and I don't have enough kind words to say about it. Um, so that being said, number number five, The Farewell. Okay. Uh, number five, A Marriage Story. Did not see this. Really? Yeah. I didn't see oh it. man. It looks. I I looked too. Cl- I think I would just make me. Th- I don't know, man. It looks sad, it's so bro. Good. It's so it looks good. sad, bro. It, it is sad. I, it, it's part of this grand tradition of divorce films like Kramer versus Kramer. And things like that, and it, the the, the lead performances are so strong. Uh, Scarlett Johansson has kind of ruffled a few feathers in the past couple of years from um, saying some kind of off-color comments about representation, and but you just can't deny that she continuously does fantastic work, and she really brought it to this character, to the the flaws and the uh, warmth of this character and Adam Driver I just I'm so excited for him I think that he 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 has such a unique look to him and acting style and he he somehow is charismatic and awkward at the same time which makes him relatable Mm -hmm. and I I like seeing him struggle 
And and the two of them did internal struggle on their faces very well. Laura Dern is also in this one. All of these guys are double dipping, yeah. right? Scarlett yeah, yeah. Joe had this and Jojo, Jojo Rabbit mm-hmm. and Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm, that's true. Uh, he had uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. and Marriage Story. She had uh, Little Women in this. Like, Jesus Christ. This this is like, can you, like, what a, what a year. Yeah. And uh, all the performances are great. It's it, it's so complex because at first the, the movie wants you to think that... Uh, Scarlett Johansson's character is in the right. And as the movie goes on, there's grays, and you kind of see that she does things to kind of win custody of this kid that are not great, that are really bad and hurtful towards the her ex-husband, Adam Driver. And the, the push and pull, and then you get to empathize with Adam Driver as he sets up his um, sad divorced dad apartment, and but then he makes it into his own and they kind of are able to coexist at the end and i i just thought like the dissolution and the coming together of that movie is so well done and noah bombach just it really knocked it out of the park i i think this is my favorite film of his dude he bomb rocks mm-hmm. he does movie. bomb rocks i just saw while we're young this year mm-hmm. that's adam driver yeah, oh, yeah that movie fucking rocks dude mm-hmm. uh, Adam Driver gets to be like John. He plays like a John Candy role in that movie, mm-hmm. and he gets to be like a real like like farcical like villainous comedic like comedic like role. It's it's awesome. Dude's uh, got layers for sure. And uh, I I don't know, man. I I just got engaged, and I just felt like I couldn't watch this movie right now. I watched <laughs> Blue Valentine right after we got engaged. Oh no! Uh, Why like, would you do that? I didn't know what it was about. I was just like, <laughs> oh, Ryan Gosling, he looks cool. I, lo- I love him. And I was like, I was watching. I'm like, oh, this is a pretty fucked up movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah. I was like, oh, like love is dead, mm-hmm. except for me and my fiance, and we're in yeah. love, and that, this will never happen. I'll never get fat like Gosling in this movie. <laughs> I'll get like skinny like Gosling in all the other movies. <laughs> Maybe. Um, cool. So yeah, number five, A Marriage Story. Number four, The Lighthouse. Ah, uh, so uh, I I actually so I I had a lot of catching up to do on movies this uh, past couple weeks because I was moving and uh, it's been a long, weird, busy, hectic year. So I just watched The Lighthouse last night, and uh, fuck, this is this is a movie, man. This is the movie. Like uh, this I know. Is, oh God, it's I'm still thinking about hyper stylized. Um, it's you know it's it's uh, Robert Eggers right made the witch as well. Um, both there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities uh, between the two mm-hmm. um, in terms of like you know the the, the director definitely has a style. Um, it, it's it's that kind of dialogue from like you know this is like the 1890s I think in mm-hmm. the lighthouse. So the way of speaking I just like who could do it better than like Willem Dafoe? Mm-hmm. Like who could, who could spout off like these fucking like old English, like soliloquies, even like, even though he's like a fucking nut mm-hmm. better than, than Willem Dafoe. And then who better mm-hmm. to, 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 to oppose that than, than a murderous Robert Pattinson. We've had some discussions during our the tenure of our friendship, and I don't know if you've ever been more right about anything than you are about Robert Pattinson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, because he's a fucking genius. He's so good. <laughs> and the more things you tell me to see of his, the more I'm like, oh my god. He's just, 
He's one of the best working actors. He's I just can't take my eyes away from him. He's so good. He went for it. In yeah, this he one. really. They did. both went for it, but when he, he went for it. When he murders that that seagull, oh, it's fuck. almost cartoonish yeah. and brutal, it and like there's so many things going on just in that one brutal moment. Mm. Yeah, that was a lot. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Uh, when he fucking splits fucking Willem Dafoe's head open with an uh, axe. Yeah. That's pretty... Whew. <laughs> like, that movie goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. Like, we get into it, and it's like when... Oh, God. Fuck, it's good. Um, when you get, like, it, like into, like, the first, like, 40 minutes or whatever, it feels like it's almost done. Yeah, like, It feels yeah. like, oh, this was a nice little trip. And then you're like, oh, no, it's just beginning. <laughs> Nobody's coming. No relief's coming. Who's crazy? Like... Did any of it happen? Like, is Willem Dafoe the crazy one? Or does Robert Pattinson lose his mind? Is Willem Dafoe, like, one with the sea? Are they the same person? Which is something I saw floating around and really hurt me on the inside. God damn it. (laughs) Because you mentioned the homoeroticism briefly in passing. Oh, yeah, they're a little gay. And there there was uh, some people that I... Because I was like, what the hell did I just watch? So I did some reading about it afterwards. And some people thought that what had happened was that it was... You know in Fight Club... How the narrator and Tyler Durden, they yeah. have like kind of a homoeroticism thing going on where they like have this um, husband-wife kind of dynamic sure. for a bit. and But they, of course, end up being the same person. They kind of thought that it might be a kind of case of that where it's like not that they're, um, they're two different people being homoerotic, but it's rather the uh, eroticism of the self, sure. which I thought was a very interesting take. I'm not sure if that's what this movie was going for, but I did think it was very interesting. It, if you have a movie where people are writing articles, digging into it like that, mm-hmm. then you made a good movie. Yeah, oh, like, it's fantastic. You know, that's just the fact of the matter. Um, yeah, I mean, they have like the slow dancing where they almost kiss. Like, yeah. I thought they were going to do it. I kept thinking they were going to have sex in this movie. Me too. And I thought like, Willem Dafoe was either going to have sex with Robert Pattinson or eat him. Like, I thought either of those two Were you getting Tusk vibes at all in this movie? I was getting major Tusk vibes. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Like, this is like, this would be an amazing double feature with Tusk. Oh, God, yes. Like, because it's, it's, you know, captive at the sea with a crazy, like, bearded, like, amazing dialogue giving man. Like, I Mm -hmm. mean, these, those movies are like an A24 kissing cousins. Mm -hmm. Like, for sure. Um, Yeah. Well, that'd be amazing. I could see that. I, I could see them being the same, but I could also, like just taking the narrative for what it was, mm-hmm. which is hard to dig through. Like you've got Pattinson as the young man who committed murder, took on that identity, uh, came to, came to do this job and then working with this guy who's fucking batshit crazy. And then either he drives Pattinson crazy because like some of those trippy ass, like sequences, I mean like there's the mermaid that washes up. Is it real? Is it not? Then we have like the, he's jerking off all the time in this movie. And then, like, then he's got this scenario where he's, like, fucking the mermaid. The we saw movie. a mermaid pussy in this movie. Yeah, yeah, It was a huge, a huge <laughs> mermaid pussy. And it really I, was. I, And it's, like, I'm not, Oh, like, God. It was, like, and, and Taylor being, like, gross. And I'm, like, oh, yeah, that's that's gross. <laughs> I'm, like, God, disgusting. Well, I'm not turned on. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Those are the hottest mermaid I've ever seen. But, like, uh, <laughs> just just being honest. But, like, the the... the <laughs> But then I got so scared when she did like the screech and yeah. like the laugh screech. I was like, "Oh no!" And then she turned into Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah, that well in that scenario. So when she's be- so when yeah. we see the the mermaid pussy, yeah. and she turns into to to Neptune Willem Dafoe, Squid Man tentacle like suction cup, and he's like banging him, and I'm like, "Oh good, they're finally doing it." Like, but like, yeah, 
again, like I could, <laughs> I could talk about this movie for two years and not get <laughs> it's bored. So good. It's fucking incredible. It's so good. I didn't put it on my top 10 because I, I watched it too recently for it to really sink in. And I, um, oh, I'm sunk. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's in. I, I'm glad. I'm so glad that, that you put it on your Mermaid list. Mermaid. <laughs> It was so big. It was, so it was big. like never in any so cartoon big. of a of a mermaid. Did I like? I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. It wasn't like in the middle. No. It was like it was like you go down from like you know like a mermaid face, beautiful woman, yep. breast, normal stomach. Then you get to the tentacles, and then like from like pelvis to like where like my thighs end is an open like an open just vagina, vagina. like just yeah, huge. like and it's like. What must of shooting this movie been like? I kept thinking, I'm like, I'm like, man, I consider myself something of a director, mm-hmm. but I'm not ready to be on a set with Pattinson jerking off. I'm not ready for. It. I do not know how I'd go about it. I was thinking about or that. Almost getting well, splashed well, from Willem Dafoe jerking oh, off. Oh yeah. Oh okay. That's what that ooze was. Wasn't that was? Oh, I didn't think so. I thought he was like I. Whoa. It looked too. Maybe I thought it was. Oh, I was like, this movie fuck. is gross. I thought he was like. I thought he was like banging like tentacle thing like squid like up there like i thought he was like getting like imbued with like sea knowledge from like like tentacle triton god well i think pattinson was kind of having a like fantasy of that fantasy of that but willem dafoe was really just jerking out to the sea that's what i thought what was happening maybe you understand this movie better than me i don't know maybe it's we just very have different sexual. interpretations it's maybe i was taking sexual. everything like also i think my other like big like benefit is uh i wanted to see this in theater really bad mm. uh but I'm thrilled I got to watch it at home with closed captioning. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because sure. I reading that is a movie that must be read in my opinion until I until I memorize it, which I will in like a couple weeks. Give me time. Good, good, good. Uh, but I'm so happy I had the benefit of getting to read all of it while I was being said because it, it it lands better. I, I don't I I'm terrible at like I'm it, this Little Women anything Shakespeare. I'm a dumbass. It takes me a lot of like I, when Taylor oh, I, when Taylor mm-hmm. does a Shakespeare show, I see it three times, then I get it because I understand what they're, what they're saying, mm-hmm. but I can't get it off the bat. I'm a dummy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I think that that's like um, seeing The Witch um for a second time with captions. Rocks. It's so good, but like I definitely was able to pick up more the second time with the captions because it's such a quiet movie, Whoa. and this one. Is also quiet for the most part, but then it's talky, it's chatty. It is. Then you get Willem Dafoe giving an angry monologue to Robert Pattinson after Pattinson tells him tells him that he doesn't like his cooking. It's the creepiest. Willem Dafoe almost doesn't look human as he's cursing Robert Pattinson, and then at the end of this crazy monologue, after he's lit like this absolute monster, Pattinson just says something like, "I guess your cooking's all right," or something. He totally dismisses it. It's like, did you just watch what happened? It was like that was a that was this movie had a few awesome comedy beats. It, you said you liked my lobster. Yeah. I, I've seen it. You enjoyed yeah. it. I was just so like funny. fucking cracking me up. Oh, oh man. what was this movie? And the very end. I ain't gonna say with, it. with the with um with Pattinson when he finally the opened into the lighthouse and like got to like yeah and then yeah. he was just like that's there's a lot of parallels between this and the witch because mm-hmm. you uh, like at the when she's like laughing to like the weird sonic like scream noise and like she's like kind of like covered and like starts to like float with the other ones right mm-hmm. it's pattinson doing like the like pattinson's face covered in blood like yeah. doing like the the like hysterical like laughing mm-hmm. is is oh man i want that to be my wallpaper <laughs> on my like on my on my phone yeah. like as a gif yeah. it's fucking amazing that's maybe my favorite shot of mm-hmm. movie this year uh yeah, I loved it. It was incredible. What else is there to say? I mean, fucking 
batshit movie and a batshit year of batshit movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lighthouse, number four. Okay. My number four was Farewell. The, fa- the Farewell. So good. Um, we, we've already talked about it, so there's not really much else I have to say. But yes, number four, The Farewell. Yeah, yeah. That, we're getting into the crossover zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where we agree with critics. Uh, number three, Parasite. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, this was another situation where people talked about it. The word of mouth in this movie w- was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have uh, a, a South Korean film, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, in, the, in the mainstream like this uh, is incredible. Uh, the New 400, uh, where I used to work, they have the, the micro space above 6740 micro does a, a, a weekly or a weekly or monthly. It's a Friday. Check it out. Uh, they do they do uh, Korean film uh, society and like they meet and show. They were showing all of Bong Bong Juno's movies. Uh, I had the privilege of seeing one or two of them earlier on, and then getting to watch this one, I'm like, holy shit! Mm. I had no clue what it was about. No, didn't see a trailer. I had a lot of movies like that this year, mm. uh, where I walked in and a, a title like Parasite. I'm a dummy. I'm like, I just uh, judge judge the book by its cover. I assumed like somebody got like bit by like a bug and there's like mm-hmm. an outbreak or something. I don't know what the fuck it's about. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's actually just like the best screenplay of the year. Oh, my God. It was incredible. <laughs> actually just the best the best script of the year and maybe of like, uh, I mean, it's 2020. Does it count as the decade? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, best of luck. Like, I, I mean, holy shit, it's good. Yeah. Um, intricate, intricate weaving uh, uh, a, a tale where you, you don't ever. That movie could have comfortably ended five times. Absolutely. And it's not a situation where it's overdoing it. Every ending is better than the last. But mm. it's like, it could have ended at, from the middle on, honestly. Oh, and yeah. And that's a good absolutely. movie. And it just keeps going and getting better and, and better. Um, I loved every second of it. And like the first 40 minutes of it, like, I remember f- feeling like a little slow. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, 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 no. You needed that. Like, you needed the character set up. And like, now mm-hmm. you don't understand how smart it is till after. And like, I have, if you're afraid to read a movie, grow up. Like I, I know how that sounds, but fucking read it. It's mm-hmm. great, and it's the best movie you'll you'll read this year, for sure. I I had no idea what this movie was about yeah. going into it. I and I think that's the way to do it, honestly, because um I had just heard that it was really good, and I had the I was lucky enough to get a screener of it, and I brought it to my roommates, and I was like, well, I have this you know this movie that I borrowed from work. Do you guys want to watch it with me? Because I had no idea what I was about to subject everyone to. And they loved it. Because it is such a crazy ride. And it it takes so many turns. And it's it's set up in like the most innocent kind of way. And then you're like, oh, this is going to be like a fun con movie. And then it just spirals. And just gets crazier and crazier. And then you learn that there's more going on with the house. And with the with the son, with his being afraid of ghosts, which ends up being like <gasps> so a real scary. fear. That shot of like him seeing the ghost yeah. and like it was really just like the husband or whatever. Yeah. But like the way he interpreted it, the kid, they made it look way scarier. I felt like mm-hmm. it was so fucked up. Like this movie has like eight different genres. Oh yeah, it's like unreal. It's like it's like Scorsese con movie at first. Then it's like intense fucking like suspense. Then it's like hardcore like horror gore for a second. I mean, like, holy shit. The ending reminded me of Prisoners. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like where you end up like like the whistle and the underground sort of. Like, oof. Like, it's this, like, you know, this commentary on classism, uh, which I think transcends Mm -hmm. uh, all boundaries as well. Uh, uh, Also, a brilliant, like, look at, like, a family and what they're willing to do for one another. And how that shit can go off the rails. Yeah. 
it pulled no punches. Uh, it said everything it needed to say uh, in a very like brilliant, beautiful way. Um, and I think if it, it, it didn't get nominated for a screenplay, or it did. It did. Okay, good. Thank yeah. God. Um, and it got nominated for best picture. Did we get best yes. director. Uh, did it? Probably for best cool. director. So Definitely for best foreign film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got acknowledged quite a bit. Okay. And honestly, I'd be comfortable with it winning best picture. I hope it does. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I didn't put. I, I mean, it's number kind three. Of my favorite film of those films. Like, though, but not, it is my favorite film of, of those the, films nominated? the nominated. Like, yeah. it's number three on my list. But like, I could put it. I, if we're talking academically here, yeah, which the Academy is absolutely. Uh, if we're mm-hmm. talking academically, holy hell! Like, mm-hmm. how does it get better than Parasite? Absolutely. And. I agree. Even the production design, and I'm a dummy. I, I never think about production design. Yeah, I don't either. And it blew me away yeah. just how much they did with this house and what they did with the sub basement, and uh, when they even go to, um, the the uh, is it like the gym where they need to ha- uh, go for the night because their home's been destroyed? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a homeless gym. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of sets, but all of them are very meaningful. It's like a handful. Yeah. And they kill it. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I know, I know that you can't just like, I don't know. I guess there's no rules. You can do whatever you want, like mm-hmm. in terms of who you give nominations to. But like, this cast is unbelievable. They're so good. The same with the farewell. Yeah. Like and like like the the lighthouse and like all these people that aren't getting like fucking nominated. It's uh, a crime, it's like, man. Oh, Taron Egerton. Like it, it's just like there's all these great performances that. I know every year this is what people are saying about something. So mm-hmm. it has to be somebody. Yeah. So what can we do? But I just think that I didn't, I didn't understand, like I didn't re- relate harder to like family drama. Mm. I feel like than in Parasite this yeah. year. Absolutely. Uh, and I it's felt fantastic. for every one of those characters individually. Mm. And I knew exactly who they were. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I knew, they were very could, fleshed out. I could pick them out of a crowd and tell you this is uh, like what they do. This is like what their motives are. This is how they like stand in the family. This is how like this is who their favorite. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like the dynamics were so clear. Like the mother character from from the rich family. I thought that was really interesting because the 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 son of the poor family. He's meeting up with his friend at the beginning, and his friend says, "You'll have fun with the mother. She's simple." But when we meet the the rich mother for the first time, I didn't think she was simple. Like, the way that she presented herself, I thought that she was a very savvy, kind of smart, stern character. But then, of course, as the movie goes on, you realize she's so gullible. Gullible for sure. She's She's so gullible. And I thought that that was a great way, because I was like, because it made me question the how the, the setup and then i was like oh no you were right the whole time yeah. like you you really know what you're doing and um but to be able to question it and then get shown up is really fun sure and uh it just completely changed my expectations while i was watching it yeah it was fantastic. i really enjoyed it dude i also saw it on a screener we live in hollywood now hell yeah fucking uh marissa had a screener something number three parasite nice uh number three claws oh shit Okay, so this is the Netflix movie. This is the Netflix Tell movie. Tell me all about it. I know literally nothing. So this is directed by the same gentleman who created Despicable Me. Oh, nice. And it's a completely different kind of film. What I what I find so interesting about him, uh, his name is Sergio, and I wish I could remember his last name. He 
in the creation, like, just the look of the movie, he talks about how there are people that like 2D, the traditionalists, and there are people that are all about CG, who are like, that's the only thing that's going to get sold. And he had the idea, like, you need to combine them so they, because people want to see new things. And he did. And it's a 2D movie that looks like it's, that, that there's CG elements to it, and just from lighting, just from the lighting of the movie, and it's gorgeous and i thought the setup was really nice and it's one of those that really hit me really hard personally because it's it's about not the, the santa character in this movie he wasn't able to have children and this is making the toys for these kids is kind of his way of being parental without so having good. children himself wow. and i wept yeah as amazing. somebody who wants to make media for children but is unsure if i'll ever be in a place where i can have them it really hit really hard for me personally and i i thought that the the claws himself that the santa character his relationship with this mailman who originally is kind of like this almost like a con artist like, like they kind of come up to for christmas together Santa making the toys, Claus making the toys, and this mailman character being like he needs to get out a certain number of packages so that he can leave this very miserable town. But they soon find out that the act of gift-giving and being nice to one another is actually making this miserable town a nice place to live. And the mailman ultimately decides to stay in the town to help it continue to prosper and get better, and he stops being so selfish. And I thought that all that was done so very well. There's parts of it that are very flawed. He has a love interest that I thought was incredibly tacked on. We definitely didn't need that. Um, but I just loved it so much that even things like that, I, you know, it's, it's still my number three. I, uh, the, I'll say this right now. The only reason why it's not my number two is because Parasite is yeah, a thing. Yeah, I mean, how can, yeah. what can you do? Yeah. Good Christmas movie. Excellent Christmas movie. I fucking movie. missed One it like best. an idiot this year. One of the best. Year. When did it's it come a modern out? Like classic. November? Yeah. God damn it. I wish I, I love would it. watch it. You should have texted me. I'm sorry. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm always looking for Christmas flicks. Yeah. Uh, good. Well, next year, first thing I watch. Hell yeah. Great. Number three, Claws. Good call. Okay. Number two, Uncut Gems. Ah! Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so, I'm loving it. It's very hard not to make this number one. That's how much I like this movie. Mm. And I did not necessarily anticipate that. Mm. Um, even as I was watching it the first time, I wasn't anticipating how high it would go up on my list. Mm. But holy shit if it isn't brilliant. Mm-hmm. Holy shit if it's not a top-tier like performance by Adam Sandler. Like Holy oh shit if God, it's not... Career best, I would I, say. For, I mean, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. Like, you don't even think about... It, it's like the way Shia, you're not even thinking for the whole... Like, you're like, you barely even think about the fact that Shia LaBeouf, that's a character. Yeah. It's like that, this. Like, that's a character. Adam Sandler, we know Adam Sandler. And this just didn't even feel like him. This was Howard, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I truly, 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 like, was able to look past that and see this character living in the real world, world with Kevin Garnett and The mm-hmm. Weeknd and, like, yeah. all this other shit. Um, the Safties deliver again. I mean, they've delivered already in the past with Good mm-hmm. Time and Pattinson. Like, of course, mm-hmm. this movie... Uh, felt, I mean, it was certainly longer than Good Time, but uh, it earned its length, in my opinion, in my mm-hmm. personal opinion. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a loud, chaotic, anxiety attack of a movie. I did not calm down the entire time. No. And my, honestly, but that's not necessary. I didn't put it on my list because I never want to see it again. And it's not because it's not a good no, movie. It's, tough. it's just because it, I almost had a panic attack yeah. watching it. And it's because it, it is so good. 
It's just uh, that that's one of the things I thought about in creating this list is I wanted you know to put movies that I would want to watch again. And as brilliant as that movie is, and I truly think it's brilliant. And I think it's wonderful that it's on your top two because yeah. it really is just great movie. movie making. I just I can't do it no, again. No, I hear you. I hear you. Believe me. And you know I was thinking that when I walked out of it, and then I saw it again like two <laughs> days later because I'm like, oh, that's a movie, man. Yeah, like it really is. it's one of those movies. It's one of those movies that 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 hits me like right in the face where I'm like, oh, I want to memorize you. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I need to see it again and learn all the quotes. Like, it it, it has it also has Batman v Superman parallels. Uh, in really. Think so. Let's walk through it. Okay. So we the movie actually starts out like in the middle of like uh in the middle of like uh nowhere mm-hmm. and we're with these characters that aren't really connected to the movie and BVS is the characters tapping off and getting that huge gem of kryptonite. And oh then yeah! This movie starts off with them tapping off the gym and falling, and it's they they they, they, they tap it, and there's the that's it. That's yeah. that's the stone. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the kryptonite. They say you can the see movie. the whole universe on apples. That's how old they are. Yeah. Fucking. That's my Howard. How is it? It was very good. Cool, thank yeah. you. Um. Fucking. So there's that, and then the whole movie is based around like everybody like changing hands and chasing that kryptonite. Yeah. That, or sorry, I'm getting with Mike. Chasing that rock, mm-hmm. like uh, Lex and Bruce. And, uh, and and everybody are all chasing after this like ro- this kryptonite rock in Uncut Gems. It's him, KG, like he's dude. Bell, write a those, medium article about I mean, this. Get, don't get me started. <laughs> like there's big time parallels. Um, but also in how much I loved it too, and like how uh, like you know the, the the style is just like who's doing this movie? Like who's mm-hmm. making this movie like this? Who's who's putting the cherry on top of that final like fucking them in the glass box oh, while like, while he like. You know, he wins. We watch this character fucking win yeah, the, the biggest, biggest win of his life before he dies. Fucking kill him. Like, By the way, my brother was... woke up right as he got shot in the face. Oh, he somehow slept man. through the whole movie. How could you sleep through Uncut I Gems? I don't know. I couldn't sleep because of Uncut Gems. <laughs> uh, I was shaking afterwards. I was so... It, it disturbed me so when much. When those dudes... They set up those dudes from the beginning. They do. And they it's really like, do. He, I think that... I think one of the first lines, that guy that shoots him in the face, one of his first lines in the movie to Sandler, like in the first like five minutes of the movie, is like, it's like, you're a dead man or something like that. Or, yeah. I'm going to kill you or something like that. And it's so true. Yeah, like, he sure this does. This movie is smart as hell. Brilliantly written, even better fucking directed and performed. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's everything. I mean, take Kevin Garnett. How yeah. fucking good is Kevin Garnett in this? He's so good. Like, how fucking good is, I mean, everybody in the cast. Like, it's just, fuck, man. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be, like, quoting this movie for a long time. I love mm-hmm. it. I think it's brilliant. I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait to own it. Mm-hmm. And what I, uh, I was sent, my, my mom actually sent me an NPR uh, interview with Sandler and the Safdie brothers. Oh, how was it? It was fantastic. They, uh, the Safdie brothers talk about how they went after Sandler and they, um, he originally like said he didn't want to do it. Um, and they were like, we got to make the script better. So they made the script even better and Sandler still didn't want to do it because he wasn't sure that he could, but they, the way that they described it is that we need somebody who can be obnoxious and charismatic at the same time. And they were like, we got to get Sandler. And eventually they won him over. And I'm so glad that they did. Cause I can't imagine anybody else taking on this character. He, he was electric. And unbelievable. I was so concerned for him the whole time. Oh. Like, like this movie made me care but also so him. deeply. Yeah. But also, yeah, yeah, I hated him, but I wanted him to succeed. And there is this kind of elation when he does, even though he did all this horrible dumb stuff. He's a bad guy. But I didn't want him to get killed. Like I, I was so struck when he got shot. And they just hold the camera oh, yeah. on his smiling dead face go back through the bullet yeah. hole like the fucking opening Those with bastards, the gym. Yeah. oh my god it's so fucking good 
and then the credits hit and it's like a, it's like a par- it's like a party beat it's yeah. like do 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 it's fucking awesome man that movie's unbelievable mm-hmm. and uh i think i think that's the only way you could end it is mm-hmm. killing him there i think you had to mm-hmm. like they stole the original clerk's ending yeah. Uh, yeah but i think that's the best way to end that he wasn't even the, supposed to be there as today soon as, he, <laughs> as soon as he pulled that piece that that uh, like i was like he's gonna get shot like yeah. that dude's fed up and when he the, the really scary part is like not only when he blows him away but then he blows away his brother-in-law too the guy yeah. they were working for the yeah, whole movie yeah. and it's like damn this movie's wild it's um and God, then, and that, that mistress, man. It just, oh. She's unbelievable. Uh, she did great, a great actress. Great I hated actress. that character with every fiber of I mean, my being. I think that's the point. It and is the she, point. And Absolutely. She, and she killed it. And, like, you know, I'm really rooting for her by the end, like, when she's yeah, placing the bed too. and stuff. Like, I thought, like, girl, I thought, get it. I thought when the, the creepy, like, old rich dude came walking out, I thought he killed her. Uh, and yeah. I was like, what an amazing extra twist. And then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie's everything. I, it, it's everything to me. And it's, even, like, when they hide the matzah. Like in the, oh that, sorry, like have you ever seen a movie no. where they hide the matzah? I didn't even know what that was. So listen, I mean, again, this is another instance of me being dumb and uncultured, and this is another reason I love uncut gems, and the reason I what I said about like Parasite and Farewell is like this is a bridge to things that like even this is set in New York, and I've fucking never been to New York, and not only that, <laughs> but you know what? I grew up Catholic as shit, so like I had to like I remember uh, I texted Jake. I was like I was like we gotta talk, man. Uh, you gotta walk me through some shit. Because uh, I, I need to, and it made me appreciate the movie a thousand times more the second time mm-hmm. because I got to watch it with Jake and he could like, and I, again, I sound like a dumbass, but explain what's going on because I don't, I don't know. Like, aside from like his flicks, like Scrapers and Clean Sheets, this is the most Jewish movie I've ever seen. Like, and it's in the mainstream. This is a movie that made a fuckload of money uh, for, for A24 and uh, did, did really well. Uh, I think it's the record holder for A24. Um where you have a, a whole like Passover dinner and you have like you know hiding hiding the matzah and, and all that stuff, um, it's just a bridge to other cultures and I think that's very fucking important. Absolutely. And when I w- was listening to the the NPR uh, interview with the Safdie brothers, they talk about how the they they were like, do they even do that in the Rugrats Passover episode? Because that's like still one of the only right. cultural touchstones that has talked about Passover in like the mainstream. Yeah. And so it's so important to present those, and it's done so casually and it's so brilliant that all that takes place during passover because you get to see like everybody split off into their own worlds like like the women with uh the, the mother adam sandler's wife in the movie trying on her hell, dude she kicked yeah, ass yeah. oh my god she was fantastic trying on her uh bar mi- bat mitzvah dress yeah. again and uh, she's still able to fit into it and meanwhile the men are like smoking cigars and i thought that was all very well done meanwhile well of course the children are all trying to find the matzah so it very cleverly shows how all these places split up after this passover dinner and I, I thought that was very, it, it felt so true, even though that that's not a place where I come from. Dude, how do you think those kids, how do you think his kids and wife and mistress feel uh, the next morning? Oh God, I, have, when they I find can't out even imagine. Like, I feel I like his wife would have probably. She'd be like, whatever, and yeah. she'll probably cry, but get out. She really was done with him. She, yeah. But. For good reason. His kids are going to be so sad. Yeah. Oh, those poor boys. So my number two was Parasite, which we've already talked about. Yes. So I thought before we got into number one, we could go through some of our, uh, um, like, honorable mentions. Yeah, of course. Let's do it. So you've already talked about some of mine, which are Uncut Gems, Honey Boy, and Rocket Man, um, and The Lighthouse. 
Uh, Morona's Fantastic Tale is this. Yeah. I've never heard of this. <laughs> Absolutely, I love long titles. It's a uh, it's this uh, French animated film that I was lucky enough to catch, and it's a dog recounting her life before she dies, which is the Frenchest dog movie of all time. Sounds like so sad, man. It's so good. It sounds it's so, so sad, man. <laughs> it's about this this dog. She is from. She's like the ninth in the litter. She's the youngest of the litter. And she gets passed from owner to owner. And it shows, like, the kindnesses and the, you know, the unkindnesses of all these people that she's passed along. And how she tries to love and be a good dog. And she's just like, I just want to have a home and bury a bone. That's all any dog really wants. But it's done in, like, this, this like, fr- very French, genteel female like narration. Basically, like, if the dog smoked a cigarette, I'd be like, all right. So... And the, the the way certain characters move is really great, and the way that things are visualized, it, it feels like it's from a dog's perspective, and I I just think it's fantastic. Dolomite is my name. Fuck, I didn't see it. I, I'm so dying good. to see it. I'm dying to see it. Eddie Murphy is amazing in it. Um, everybody, it, it's about making flicks. Yeah. It's just yeah. another one of those, mm-hmm. and it's. That the struggle that he goes through over the course of that movie is really great, and then he he starts working with film students who actually know how to make That's films, right. and he both respects them and also doesn't understand them, but like tries to. Like it, there's a lot of sweetnesses in it, even though it's it's kind of based around this raunchier comedy, and uh, it's seven it's so seventies, and I, it's my favorite fashion era, and I was just like jaw dropped at the costumes the entire time. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood, I really enjoyed. One weird thing that I noticed in that movie that I'm not sure would have translated to somebody who doesn't live here is these long shots of Brad Pitt just driving in Los Angeles to kind of like really underline his commute. I get that because I do a really long commute every day, but like... I can't imagine that playing in like a place where like you don't have to drive yeah. ridiculous distances. Chicago would take the train everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but I I thought that uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio had made some great performances. Um, Midsommar, I really liked. Uh, I know that you don't want to watch it. It is. It's really weird. I'm a mermaid pussy. So flappy when it comes to movies like Midsommar. I can only do the lighthouse kind of horror. Where I'm getting, like, like tentacle fucked by (laughs) Willem Dafoe. Suction cuff. Let Neptune strike ye dead. (laughs) But Florence Pugh, Florence Pugh is just so good at it. If there was ever a reason to watch it, it's for Florence Pugh. And because I think Ari Aster is a very exciting director. The Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, I didn't I see it. I thought that was really great. Big Year for Shia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big Year for Shia. It's very, very good. It is very sweet. Uh, it's, it is very sweet. And um, I didn't put this on my written list, but I watched this movie last night called Greener Grass. It's one of the weirdest movies. Uh, not The Lighthouse weird. It's it's more like bizarre comedy weird. Like it, like it exists in an alternate universe where certain things are okay. Like the movie starts out with a woman giving another woman her baby. Just like nonchalantly, like somebody, like a woman goes, oh, your baby's so cute. And she's like, do you want her? And then she just gives her her baby. And then that's like it. Yeah, like the baby is like earrings or something. And then it just takes off from there. There's a kid that becomes a dog. It's, and everything is in like this very, very colorful, very color coded even. Very pastel, very suburbia, but bleak and awful. And it's, it's very fun. It's a very fun world. And everybody wears braces. So if you wanted to have like a really weird time with and, and like have maybe with taylor maybe with not but like yeah I, i'm not sure if, if she'd like it but i 
I had a lot of fun watching it with Erica, so I'd recommend that if that's something you wanted to explore. Yeah, dude. So yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh, for me, let's see. Um, so Detective Pikachu, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. Like, the opening, like, catching the Pokemon sequence and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, it, there's just so many homages to Red and Blue that, mm-hmm. like, was, like, so for us. Like, oh, yeah, for us, absolutely. specifically for us. Mm-hmm. That uh, felt really rewarding. And it's, like, nice to know that there's people working in, like in the machine that are, are doing the, the good work. Yeah. Uh, so that's up there for sure. Uh, fast color. Okay. So fast color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it reminds me a lot of, of midnight special in that it's kind of like a super powered person on the run. Oh, and there's yeah, like yeah. a couple different like mysterious characters, both gunning for them and mm-hmm. stuff. Did you see midnight special? I yeah, think yeah. We, we read it in that class. Yeah. yeah we did. Yeah. Go us. Um, <laughs> good script. Great DePaul. movie, uh, yeah. Except for instead of like three white dudes, mm-hmm. it's 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 like uh, it's a family of black women, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, they all have the different power power, and they can see the colors if they can harness this ability and stuff. Um, but the main character, the the mom, Gugu and Botham Ross character, is uh, uh, she's like hyper powerful, mm. like in- insanely powerful, and can't harness it and stuff. So it's like a modern day comic book movie, not based on a comic, uh, yeah. which is like fucking amazing when people uh not only when people write something uh you know like that but the fact that it gets made is really cool Mm -hmm. because it's hard to get anything without ip these days so um though it didn't make my top 10 awesome awesome movie um and i also had oh my god ready or not um it's phenomenal it's holy shit another batshit movie did you see it? No, but I remember you wanting to see I it and being very it. impressed. Oh, because I I remember that you weren't super into horror flicks I when know. you were in school. Well, yeah. this movie does the comedy horror thing. It seems like it also felt like a spec that sold. Like it, it oh, honestly, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's true, mm-hmm. but it was total like that's and that's probably like that's a really you can pitch that script in an elevator just mm-hmm. like they talk about in school. Yeah. Uh, the performance, like Samara Weaving, she's incredible as mm-hmm. the lead. Adam Brody's really dope in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a nice turn. Um, but the, yeah, the movie walks a fine line of like they the, the movie knows how fucked up it is and 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 they take it comedically, but it also gets like really blood gory and mad like real at times. It's awesome. It's really good watch. Hard to, hard to not put in the top ten. Mm. Uh, I didn't see. Uh, Frozen 2 even though I know all the music from work I love mm-hmm. the music I'm sure it's great I regret not seeing it I also regret not seeing Maleficent Mistress of Evil because mm-hmm. I love Maleficent and um, I'm going to see it very soon uh, the, the first Maleficent is pretty interesting because there's a lot of Disney live action movies going on right now but Maleficent does something where it's taking a it's its take. Oh, it's a take. It's a take. Oh, they changed it. So, so it's so different than the other ones because the mm. other ones seem like they beat want to beat. beat for beat, and mm. they want to like recapture everything, but like with this different technology and calling it live action mm. when it's eh, yeah. is it? And um, but that one I I really really respect and liked because it was a take and i haven't seen the, the sequel either but I'm like sure the first one i really thought was good I had the credits at work i was gonna watch it i mm-hmm. got busy i already know i love it mm-hmm. fuck off um <laughs> uh no, well i mean dude you have Elle fanning as sleeping beauty it's like mm-hmm. what amazing casting angelina jolie is maleficent what mm-hmm. the fuck like it's just like if the pieces are there um thrilled that they went ahead and made a sequel because mm-hmm. they're kind of far apart it felt yeah, like yeah, just a little for bit sure. but yeah I, I wonder if Maleficent doesn't happen and get greenlit if like Wicked doesn't exist 
Yeah. You know, it's yeah, definitely yeah. the wicked. Like, I mean, like that first one. It's mm-hmm. like, what if we made Sleeping Beauty, but from Maleficent's perspective? Mm-hmm. And so, kicks ass. And then this continues the Sleeping Beauty tale, uh, I'm I'm to understand, mm-hmm. with like, I think, like, I saw some, like, shot, like, Disney posted some comparisons of footage they have mm. in Mistress of Evil to footage from Sleeping Beauty and stuff. And they're like, we fucking shot for shot did this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, kind, kind of with the opposite of what Katie just said. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know. They're still I, doing a take. It's appreciation. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, she's not green. That's a take mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really am looking forward to it. But I think that's, I think that's basically it for uh, honorable. Mi- oh, the Joker. I think, I think the Joker is, is, uh, it's a weird divisive flick where it's like equal parts getting 11 Oscar noms and getting shit on. It's a weird thing. I badly want to do a special episode of Bad Movie Brunch okay. where we tackle Joker and the art of self-defense. Okay. Oh, Because okay. I think that they're companion pieces. I didn't see it. I wanted to. Please do. Okay. And I, I would love to hash it out with you because I really didn't care for Joker because... Um, I think Joaquin did a fantastic oh, yeah. job. Yeah. I think a lot of the, the sets look amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, just there, there's so much about it that is great. A lot of choices. But the messaging of the movie is so confusing. Yeah. It I, I'm not sure what it, what, at the end of the day, what it's trying to say about disenfranchised people, the mentally ill, or even violence. Mm-hmm. And the art of self-defense, which I really enjoyed, has a has kind of a similar thing going on mm-hmm. with it. And I, I would love to hear you get into that at some point, That'd maybe a fun. different podcast. Yeah. I, and, I, and I dug Joker. Uh, that's one that I haven't gone back to. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, ooh, I don't know when I need to watch that twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I watched... I would watch the back 30 minutes of Joker any day of the week, mm. like where he's gone Joker. But I'm like, oh, it's comic book. It's okay. It's not <laughs> fucking brutally sad and depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's all fine. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it's awesome. I feel really happy for Todd Phillips. Mm. Um, I mean, a real, like, I mean, he's stuck around and, like, I mean, been making flicks forever. And mm. I love old school and I love Starsky and Hutch and I love uh, yeah, Starsky and Hutch yeah, too. Oh my God, it's good. <laughs> Uh, and I love The Hangover and the fact that that guy gets to make like, uh, you know, war dogs and, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, that, and, and, you know, and people didn't necessarily love it. But then I had a great time. Well, you know, <laughs> and then it gets to go even edgier and mm-hmm. like take on the Joker. And this is a guy who's like, he can work with IP. He can he can make fucking huge franchises out of mm-hmm. like The Hangover and stuff like that. Uh, it seems like an obvious choice in retrospect. Of course the Joker makes a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. But when I was like all the lead up to this movie, I was like, fuck this movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that way. I really like it. Um, but there, you're right. It's a confusing. It's, it's kind of how I feel about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Where there's like, a lot like, of confusing yeah, messages yeah. going on in that movie. And like there's so much to chew on where I'm like, I don't know if I like I don't know if I love you or not. I don't mm-hmm. know how, if, how we're, I don't know what we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that there's a lot about you that makes me really happy and I think about it and I get excited. And then there's a lot about those movies where I'm like, oh fuck, I don't know. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah. So ready for number one? I'm ready. Hit me. Drum roll. Maybe I'll put, maybe I'll find a drum roll. <laughs> um, number one, Avengers Endgame. Really? Yeah. I. Oh, I, I'm excited to yeah, hear you get into this. It's, it's, you know, I went back and forth. And I was like, it'd be ridiculous for it not to make my top 10. And then I really started to think about it. And I'm like, what movie made you feel more joy? Like more like every emotion in your fucking body, like than Avengers Endgame. And call me a basic 
You know, I mean, like, no, no, no. That's would, why I put mine as but, my number one, well, just because it oh, made me feel the okay. most joy. I thought you were saying Avengers. I'm like, cool. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I, call me whatever, but it's like, you know, nobody is really doing, nobody can nobody can do this. Like, nobody's doing the thing that Marvel Studios just did. They pulled off, like, the most amazing, like, series. They pulled off the most amazing series of film, like, in terms of scope, scale, uh, attention to detail, uh, inter- like, you know, connectivity. Um, to, to, to have it go out, it, this isn't a legacy pick. This is a movie that stands on its own and has its own plot that simultaneously wraps up a whole fucking saga mm. uh, and, 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 and makes me feel fucking, like, complete. Mm-hmm. I was like, I remember thinking about the days when they would talk about like, oh, here, Chris Evans's contract is this long and RDJ's is this long. And I kept thinking about like, oh shit, how are they going to go out? And there's been some bumps on the way. Mm-hmm. There's been some of those movies that aren't that great. Like there's been some like different Marvel's like MCU movies that people like uncritically like aren't like the best movies ever made, but they still have like that warm comic book feel. And mm-hmm. the one that apparently that it's like not, it's getting not cool to like, but suck on like all that money constantly. Like obviously it's people like him. Um, but it's not the it's not about the money. It's about that at the end of the day, this movie started up as their own like startup fucking film studio. I mean, yeah, they had Marvel money, but Marvel wasn't making all the the fucking the bank at that time. Mm-hmm. Iron Man one was a risk, and to have the story of Tony Stark come full circle, have him get to have a moment with his dad, have him get to like become a father, have him be the one to make the sacrifice play have all these Avengers who we've watched like work together, take on the literal end of the world. It was just everything to me. And they, they, they knew exactly how to wrap up every single fucking character in a way that was satisfying to the audience and made sense narratively. The one that stuck with me the most, and this just could be because I'm incredibly biased because he is my favorite Avenger sure. was Cap's ending. Like, like oh, at the very end, I, I love it. Oh, good. No, no, I do. Oh, oh you thought I, I, I did in a bad way. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I loved it. I, when oh, he goes away and then he, then they see him again as an old man and he's talking about like, I just wanted to go back and live like a normal life. And you get to see the flashbacks with, with him and, and it, living his normal life. And it's just so sweet. Cause yeah, he, he did the hero thing and then he gets to be a regular man and he's satisfied. Like as somebody who's watched Captain America the First Avenger like upwards of 50 times. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best ones they've actually I truly think it's one of the best ones they've done. Mm-hmm. But Cap alone, like the Cap mm-hmm. trilogy and with these Avengers movies, like that character is so unbelievably well fleshed out and well done and consistent. I how love do you him. span I love him. How do you span that like t- that 20 plus movie series mm-hmm. and keep these characters so true? Mm-hmm. And like they develop, but they're still like the core values remain. It's just amazing work. And Kevin Feige is a genius. The people that they keep like in charge of the different franchises are geniuses. But you know, watching the first Avenger and being like watching him sacrifice himself and dying, uh, all like under like the pretense of, you know, one day I'm going to have that dance with you, Peggy. And then mm-hmm. getting to end the fucking series with, with him and Peggy yeah. having the dance. It's like, like, for me as like for people that are watching it, they're like, Oh, that's good for people that have been like religious about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck. That's the curtain call. Yeah. Like they ended it. They ended it. You could not make any more and I wouldn't give a shit. And then Far From Home came out the next month and I saw it fucking five times. But it's like, you know. I was surprised that didn't make your list. I thought for hard. sure it would. It was hard and it's in my honor. I didn't even put it in my honor mention, but I meant to. You know mm-hmm. I love, you know I fuck with Spider-Man. I know you and do. I love Far From Home. I don't think Far From Home uh, was groundbreaking. It wasn't like mm. Into the Spider-Verse groundbreaking mm-hmm. or, or, or like any, it wasn't like Raimi's are. Spider-Man 2 groundbreaking. Like, sorry to say. Don't even get me started. I love Far From Home and I, yeah, mm-hmm. I saw it like fucking, in the first 24 hours Far From Home came out, I'd seen it like three times. Like, mm-hmm. I was obsessed. I was so excited. 
Um, and it was nice to have levity after the, mm-hmm. what was Endgame. But like, Endgame is like the boyhood of comic book movies. Ooh. Like kind of like it's a twenty year build. Like mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's just like it's it's. I like that a magnum opus. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the the scope of which probably will never be matched, mm. in my opinion. Oh, that's a wonderful number one, man. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's awesome. So number one. Number one, Avengers Endgame. Awesome. So my number one was always going to be my number one since I saw it. I knew it was after I got done with it. Because very much in the same way that Uncut Gems made me nervous the entire time, this movie made me nervous the entire time, but not in a way that made me almost have a panic attack, but in a way that made me excited. Yes. Because I didn't know it was coming, and that's Knives Out. Oh, Number one, Knives good, Out. good, because I didn't see it. And this is another one where I'm like, I need to know. Like I'm like, spoil the shit out of this for me, and I will still see it. I need to know why it's so good. I went into this movie... So, we all have our things. And one of the things I've come to really love as I've gotten older is a good mystery. I like being surprised by movies. I like being told that I'm wrong. I like things changing in fun ways. And that you're with someone who has a plan. And this movie had a plan. An airtight plan. And it starts out with this maid who works at this mansion with all these crazy people... And, um, she, uh, a gentleman has just passed away and that, that she worked for, that the patriarch of the family, and they all have to get together and be questioned by the police. <laughs> the one thing everybody criticizes this movie about, which they're not wrong about, is, uh, the, um, Benoit Blanc is, uh, played by Daniel Craig, who tries to do, a, a Louisiana accent. It's not good? It's not good. It's not good. Did you see Logan Lucky? No. That was like kind of, it was a Southern accent. I thought yeah. it was okay. Uh, it didn't bother me. Sure. Honestly, because I just felt like the, the character was so cartoonish, but in like a, a fun way. Like, like it wasn't so wacky that it didn't fit within the rest of the movie. It, it all felt very consistent. And so I, I honestly wasn't bothered by it, but it's Benoit Blanc trying to figure out who, what happened with this <sighs> patriarch. And they question all of these uh, people. Like you have Tony Collette. You have Jamie Lee Curtis. You have uh, just an amazing cast of characters that just all knock it out of the park. This really big family. Yeah. And Anna de Armas, I believe, is the is the name of the, the woman that plays the maid. And she's just so endearing. Like, like, she's tough, but clearly, like, a great asset of her is kindness, which the movie really makes a case for. And I think that we need more movies where a character's strength of kindness is recognized Mm -hmm. because a lot of it seems to be strength in like fighting back. And there's some movies that like in in order to be a a strong woman specifically, you need to be physically strong. And I like with this, that her strength is her kindness and her actual care for other people. And you see this as the, as the movie goes on, you know, the family says at the beginning of the movie, like, like you're part of this family. And it it seems like genuine at first, like they kind of maybe don't get it, but then you see that they turn on her. Because this this maid is given everything by the patriarch. And just their their niceties just fall away. And they get really intense with her and start blackmailing her. And she's put into danger. And she has to... And Ana de Armas believes that she killed the patriarch. She didn't mean to. She mixed up his medicines. No. And thought that she gave him the wrong dose. And the patriarch did this whole crazy... Had this whole crazy plan so that she wouldn't get caught. And you think that's what happened bum, bum, bum. and then this movie takes an absolute turn and if tell me so there's this 
the the patriarch has this favorite grandson and you see them fighting at the beginning of the movie and he doesn't really appear for like half of it and it's played by he's played by chris evans and when chris evans reappears again you think he's going to help Ana de armas out and then it becomes very clear that he's looking out for chris evans and then you find out he killed the patriarch somehow and the way that they set it up is so crazy and i was just i had the greatest time and I didn't know where this movie was going at That's any point. Great. And I was just along for the ride. I uh, I just, I liked the maid. I liked the patriarch. I didn't know if I should like um, Benoit Blanc. But I, I was happy to see him. Yeah. And I, I, like, Lakeith Stanfield is in it. I mean, he's in fucking Uncut Gems, too. I, I know. He is. Oh, wasn't he great he's in Uncut a, Gems? Yeah. I love Lakeith Stanfield. He's supposed oh, to. God. Yeah, he, yeah, he's supposed Demani. to. And here he's kind of like more like a fun cop. And uh, it's, I just enjoyed everyone. I enjoyed every scene. I thought the script was so tight. It's, it got, it did get, it's the only nomination that this movie has. And I'm fine with it. You got a screenplay? It got a screenplay. Good. And, and I'm so glad that it did. I, this is, this is the only movie this year that I saw that like I immediately called someone and told them to go see it. Oh, good. I called my brother right afterwards. I was like, you have to go see this movie and then my family did go see it and they all really loved it and i just i had the most fun i i i just thought it was very well done and i i just it may not be the right answer but it's my answer no that's all yeah. i mean shit i would if, if if people actually gave a shit of what i had to say i would take so much heat for avengers being right, number one. <laughs> you like in game more than parasite and i'm like i had a better time yeah you you, right. you have to go with you what know, you you know list. you really are be, be true to yourself Fuck be true it. to your school yeah be true to your school. I mean, did you like? Uh, did you like Last Jedi? Speaking of Ryan Johnson, yeah, I thought it was okay. I think but... it's aging amazingly mm-hmm. in retrospect, mm-hmm. based on the the JJ bookends. Yeah. Did you Did you see Rise of Skywalker? That I did. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I uh, I was ready for it to be over. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I'm, it is what I'm it not is. Sad. Like, well, but like... I'm not. To be fair, my perspective on that is a little bit different because I'm not as into Star Wars sure. as like most people mm-hmm. i think but i respect it as what it is sure. but it, i'm not excited about that as i was for endgame oh i mean well they they tried to do the same trick mm-hmm. but it's just like different mm-hmm. it's just different and you could have probably pulled some it off but i think they just really 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 insisted on not making this trilogy like they they really didn't want this trilogy to be about the old characters but that's the the best part of every movie. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say, but you know, it doesn't matter. Like I said, straight up, like Rise of Skywalker is t- totally fine movie, totally good. Like I'll watch it again. I'll buy it. You know, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, as of the story, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter at this point to me if it's good. Like Star Wars has my money. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still gonna be a big ass Star Wars fan forever. They're never gonna like. I'm not. I don't really try to buy into like that whole toxic thing. Plus, it's like. Even if you hated Rise of Skywalker, how do you feel about Mandalorian? Like, it's good as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, we're still going to get quality content. We're just going to get more of it. And so, mm-hmm. like, not all of it's going to be great. But you know what? Like, a lot of people didn't like the prequels. And mm-hmm. I do. So, like, a lot of people didn't like the prequels. But, like, Clone Wars. I don't I don't watch it. I'm sure it's great. Like, there's just, like, there's something for everybody. So, like, mm-hmm. fuck it. Um, I think it's a little oversaturated movie-wise. And that's going to take away from it. Like, I mean, Solo mm-hmm. and all these other ventures. But whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry mm-hmm. to get off on an edge. I just think Ryan Johnson's no, 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 movie no, no, is kind of like yeah. was kind of reviled uh, yeah. by everybody but critics uh, for Last Jedi. But I think absolutely, my brother of, hated it. Even. I mean, I started to sour on it, and then I saw Rise of Skywalker, and I was like, 
nah, he's a decision maker. Mm-hmm. I'll take decision making over like fucking pandering. Mm-hmm. So, and I I just think that it, with Knives Out, he was more in his like, like I think he he was able to. From what I understand, he had been working on this movie for a really long time, and it su- it absolutely shows. Good for him. It was very well thought out. As far as I know, he's still like employed by Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. like to make more shit. I hope he wins. Yeah, that that's my big selfish thing. I know that there's a lot of good scripts out there, but it's because hard. this was my favorite movie of the year, Fuck I wanted it. to win so bad. Fuck it. I hope it does. I hope it does. Mm-hmm. Um, for your sake. Thank I'll you. Be <laughs> Uh, Oscars always bum me the hell out. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 the, the noms bum me. Like, if the noms had uncut gems and stuff, I would have watched just to be disappointed when they didn't win. Yeah. But the fact that it didn't get nominated, I'm like, maybe I'll watch. I don't care. I don't want to watch. No, I don't want to. Yeah. I, it's my Super Bowl. I got yeah, it. I know. My Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. I know. I, <laughs> Which we should do that, too. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming up. We're buying furniture. Mm-hmm. We found a table in, uh, in front of a, an, an alleyway. Oh. It's very nice. We painted it. And now we have oh, a kitchen fantastic. table. So <laughs> come on over. I would love to. Um, that being said, 2019 in retrospective. Now we have 2020 vision. Bullshit dad joke. Had to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, here we are. We're in LA. We're united. 2020 is going to be a year of us doing in-person podcasting. Hell yeah. Uh, depending I'm on how really this sounds. I'm really looking forward to it. Great. Thanks for doing your top 10. Yeah, thank you for doing your top 10. I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Grotzinger. Have a good one, folks.